Welcome to the 91st Minute. I'm Ryan Shop, and I'm joined, as always, with Tom Hayes. Tom, how are you this week? Yeah, pretty good. Bit bored this week. Obvious yep. reasons, but... Um, yeah, no... No Premier League action or uh, Champions League. It's it's a bit sad. Um, it seems you know we're provided with Champions League and Premier League in the same week, and then nothing. Um, and Just all the, the other uh, leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, I did watch some of the friendlies and uh, and Nations League. I did watch, but yeah, it's not it yep. it's not as big. It's not as important. I suppose. What, what's your thoughts on the Nations League? Um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be. I mean, we can probably talk about it in a sec, but like, it's more of like, yep. If it happened across the globe in different continents, like run by there, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they actually happen, but I, I don't, from my understanding, it's generally the Nations League's the only league-based um, national competition. Or... Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not, it doesn't have as much importance as many other. It's it's um, kind of. It's kind of like the uh, Carabao Cup slash League Cup of uh, national yeah. competitions. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. Because it's not like a tournament-based, which is really something that makes the um, national competitions stand out or different. Yeah. Like with the I mean, I, like, I, like the, I actually like the, I like the concept because it's a little bit different to what we're used to. Um, but yeah. that's basically it. I mean, uh, and I like the way that they've, they've got relegation and promotion from different um tiers of what other i think there's like yep. group a b c and d but yeah um other than that like it's not really one i look forward to having my calendar so no um i can't say i've watched a nation's league match live at all no. so i've watched world cup qualifiers but not nation's league um yeah, yeah i'm not a, not hugely inspired by it but um there was enough news uh, this week, anyway, to get us entertained. Um, anyway, we'll get into that very soon. Uh, so this week, uh, we'll just have the rundown. Uh, no transfers of any significance or any, I don't think, to talk about. And then the Premier League's back uh, with Premier League Match Week 8. And we can discuss that in a bit more detail um, later on. So, yeah, i get straight into it. This week on the rundown... On Tuesday, Watford appointed Claudio Ranieri as the new head coach, um, replacing um, uh, Cisco uh, Munez, um, who uh, has recently departed the club. Um, some would con- probably consider this to be premeditated. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of people would have, <laughs> mainly yeah. because of the rate of speed that <laughs> it was done how quick he was appointed. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a cursed job to have. So um, I'm not really, I mean, I'm confident that he can, you know, get them to a better spot to where they are, which wasn't even a bad spot to begin with. But, you know, it is what it is. A lot of memes going around saying, oh, he's going to be sacked by Christmas or whatnot. But, well, <laughs> I mean, he, he, just look at his first done relatively bad. Uh, yeah, to look at Watford's first time, uh, his first 10 matches in charge of Watford. He's got Liverpool home, Everton away, Southampton home, Arsenal away, Manchester United home, Leicester City away, Chelsea home, Manchester City home, Brentford away, and Burnley away. So a bit of a task on his hands. 
Yeah. I mean, he's probably the... I, I'm not going to say, like, uh, the Leicester thing was a fluke, but it doesn't automatically mean that he's going to give them success. Yeah. Which a lot I mean, of people sort of have already put in their head that, oh, they're going to a different place already. But, I mean, he was sacked, like, the year after they won, they yeah. won the Champions League. So... It's- it's also completely different. I mean, stature of club. I think Leicester was still a bigger club than Watford is now, but also the caliber of players that they had, you know, the unknowns, but they turned out to be great. Um, Kante, one of them. Um, Kante, Mares, one yeah. player of the year. Go on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'll see something like that with this Watford side, um, but who knows? Um, they're doing reasonably well, I think, for a newly promoted side. Anyway, yeah, that's, a, that's um, the thing. They weren't doing bad. Anyway. Yeah, which is very surprising. Uh, anyway, uh, Renieri has a bit of an interesting history. Um, he's managed many different clubs. Um, the first uh, biggish club he managed was in Napoli between 1991 and 1992. Then he managed uh, Florentina. Uh, he also managed, we, at, at the time, was a Serie B winning team. He went on to manage Valencia. Um winning Copa del Rey and the Super Cup, uh, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Parma, Juventus, Rome, <clears throat> Roma, sorry, Inter Milan, Monaco, um, winning League Two, um, or however you say that in French, um, the Greek national team, um, Leicester City, obviously he's most famous for uh, winning the Premier League in 20, the 2015-16 season at 5,000 to one odds. Um, and... He since has managed uh, Nates in Ligue 1, Fulham, um, Roma again, and was just at Sampdoria. Um, so, you know, he's 70 years old, a lot of experience, which is good for Watford, um, but he doesn't tend to stay at the club or clubs for very long. Um, yeah. And has been in the past kind of a filler manager. So, I don't know. But as you were saying, Watford, yeah. no the roundabout of managers they've had in the last few years. Um, the, it wouldn't be notorious. They're notorious for just, um, I wouldn't say giving up, but not giving managers an opportunity, a good opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, which I think is probably something you can do if you're at Chelsea um, where they win things or that's their goal. But if you're Watford and you're, you know, most seasons you'd argue are in the bottom of the Premier League or, you know, trying to get promotion to the Premier League uh, and you don't have the finances behind you to, you know, push for things, um, you can do. But to be ruthless and one of the, to be honest, smaller clubs, um, it, it's, it's a bit of a, an opposing force. You'd think if you're a smaller club, you'd want to, you know, stick with a manager. And, and you, you have the ability to do that, I think, um, with the smaller club. But obviously they've decided for whatever reason um, to do this. Yeah, well, I mean, with a we'll smaller club, you've also got... I'd say you got more to lose with a small club. Because I think, especially going from the Premier League down to the yeah. Championship, is mm. such a massive financial loss. Especially taking a risk at this point in the season um, where, you know, things are just kicking off as opposed to yeah. placing manager what... at the start of the season. I mean, like the end of a season, going into a new one. It's just an old one. Yeah, it's uh, a Watford. Anyway. But we'll move... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, to the biggest story of the week, uh, Newcastle United were bought by uh, a Saudi-led consortium um, for approximately 
300 million pounds. Uh, so the Saudi PIF or Public Investment Fund, um, which is a fund separate to uh, Saudi Arabia as a state. However, it is the state's, um, what's the way to put it uh, in vague terms, um, investment pool. Um, so they invest in a wide array of things. Um, Uber, I believe, is one of their investments. Um, but all uh, Saudi Arabia, if you didn't know, is a massive oil producer, and um, they've pumped a lot of that money into um, external companies and bought many things, um, which is interesting. But the face uh, will be uh, Amanda Staveley, a British businesswoman who also took a percentage of the club with, I think, uh, another two billionaires from London. I can't remember their names, um, but the Saudis um, or the PIF will own 80% of yeah. uh, Newcastle. Um, after 14 years of Mike Ashley, um, I'm sure they're very happy and he's made a pretty good investment, I think, um, in terms of return. Um, it's 300 million profit for him because, well, they're in profit. They've actually done quite well financially. Well, you know, I've I've actually seen that he actually didn't make as much as you think, because he borrowed a lot of money to Newcastle that they had to pay back. Oh yeah, he only made about sixty mil, but I mean, it's still profit, still pretty profit, good. But um, <laughs> for a billionaire, you're not going to really. Yeah, no, um, and whatever you think about him, um, that's another thing. But uh, they're very happy. Um, this makes them the richest club uh, in the world by a long shot. I think. Estimates range, I mean, the PIF is worth anywhere between 500 to 600 million pounds. Uh, the Saudi royal family, which doesn't directly own it, but pretty much controls it. And that's been a big issue about human rights and the like, um, is worth a few trillion um, at a you know a conservative estimate. Um, so they won't be afraid to spend money. Um, Let's hope not. What, do you think? Do you think we're going to see a big January from Newcastle? It's on the cards, but I mean, it's, uh, they've still got other things to figure out. I think the first being the manager and then mm. what the manager will then do with the money. But yeah, I think their main task right now is to make sure they stay in the Premier League so that they can spend as much as possible. Because mm. if they do dip down, which is a possibility, they are second last right now. Yeah. I mean, it could all... Um, it won't be all for nothing, but it'll be a minor setback. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, potentially they could make a couple of signings, but I don't think anything massive. Yeah. I think we'll probably see it next season. Yeah, but, so yeah. I, I think you probably all remember that it was looking like it was going to go ahead last year, um, but there were certain things um, that didn't get yeah. through that delayed the deal. Uh, one of those being BN Sport and uh, the rift between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. Um, not to get too deep into it, but basically they don't like each other very much. Um, and BN Sports is a Qatari-based uh, media organisation and the Saudis were live streaming it, um, basically, or pirating it um, and just having anyone, you know, use it. It wasn't um, uh, like hijack um, hackers or whatever on websites. It was the Saudi government um, and Saudi, well, allegedly, um, just, just, you know, using uh, hijacking um, BN's feeds uh, for the Premier League and other leagues. Uh, but then they recently, before this, re reached an agreement um, where they're going to crack down on that and um, allow BN to actually broadcast in Saudi Arabia, which is a massive market for them as well. Um, also but also so crazy how quick it went 
From yeah. the minute that news broke, it was almost simultaneously that takeover was straight back on, like matter of hours. And then obviously less than 24 hours later, they'd bought the club. Mm. Which is huge. It is, I think, for all the great it's going to probably do for Newcastle um, and the Newcastle area, the team and the, the fans, I think there's a lot of questions. This this completely changes everything, I think. Um, this is like when Ch- Roman Abramovich bought Chelsea, but like on steroids and what it did to the game. Um, this is, you NCD, know, another, another league. Yeah, but this is massive. This is get a lot bigger than that. Um, I mean, it's literally then, everything City's done times 10. The money's times 10. Well, hopefully, hopefully the, you know, for Newcastle that they can do things 10 times quicker. Because I think it took Man City, what, four years to win a trophy after their um, takeover. Uh, way, way back. Well, not way, way back, but way back. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's. It's it's something we've never seen. Like, I think in the Premier League now, if you took everyone's all the owners' um, money and put it into a pool, Newcastle's it is over. It's over seventy five percent of the league. Yep, <laughs> which is it's nuts. massive. But yeah, I think um, um, yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be exciting. Obviously, just this- because it's not really a big ish club or like a rival of ours as well so it'd be kind of good for us I think. not in its performance no um but for size of fan base and stuff i think it is um and history but also it, it also is a bit concerning of you know what it does for the sports washing that's already going on in yeah Europe that's football. a whole nother um, it is um well, you talking about that, that last cons- week yeah it's something that's been in the news quite a bit um but yeah, it's it's also uh, as they're not enemies, but um, this this rivalry rivalry with Qatar is also you know part of probably why they decided to buy Newcastle. Look, we, they have PSG, oh, we have Newcastle, and they're going to turn that into to well, you laugh now, but five years Maybe in like five years, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they haven't won the Champions League in five years, I would say that's probably a failure um nah, with the amount of money know. they have at their disposal and they can spend it because but money um, money here the yeah it's like saying <laughs> i mean money can buy you success but it's not immediate whatsoever mm. and, and it's they're no. definitely not going to be able to build a team and win be straight away with all that money no yeah. no chance and i think no I amount of money will be able to oh, even with Man City because Man City weren't the greatest team when they got taken over, um, but it still took four years to build a squad a little, to little win. Better. Yeah, exactly. They are a little bit better. Mm. So Newcastle have an, another Whereas, step to take. Yeah, Chelsea were fourth, I believe, when they were taken over by Abramovich too. So they were decent um, before they were overtaken. But yeah. I think it's more the City had a very small supporter base as well. In comparison, um, whereas Newcastle, it's a one, one tune <laughs> team. Um, so yeah, yeah, they still do. Um, there's a lot of memes going around about how they're all going to get buy Newcastle shirts now. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they could they could still when they're in the championship, they could still fill their stadium, fifty thousand seat stadium. So um, reckon that's impressive. Reckon Newcastle can pull a a big manager right now. Really, really, I would like, put my like money on. I would put my money on Conte. Yeah, 
Because if you're I, a manager, the ability to transform a club like that, that's how do you overlook that? Like you're the, like uh, Mancini's also been mentioned, but like what he did at City, mm-hmm. he could do the same thing, but like on, you got, you know, a blank check it's basically. literally on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely man. Anyway, um, we'll have a lot more to talk about this, I'm sure. Um, in yeah. the coming oh, weeks I will mention months, another but... thing. Their, um, their game against Tottenham this week got sold out um, literally hours after the takeover went live. Yeah. So, They've won I mean, some of the fans that have been boycotting back, I think. Yeah. Um, which is good uh, for yeah. the club. Anyway, uh, to move things on, on Saturday, the nominees for the 2021 Ballon d'Or and Ballon d'Or Feminine uh, were released. Um, we probably don't have too much we'll insight on the on the the women's Ballon d'Or. Women's one. Mainly because we, you know, we don't talk about it. Not because we don't want to, but it's just, it'd be too much, I think, if we were to cover both yep. sport or both codes. Um, yeah, it'd be a lot of work. Yeah, I'm going to read through all the nominees. I believe there's 40. There might be more or less. Um, yep. Um, so, yeah, I'll go. I think it's all in alphabetical order. We got Azpilicueta from Chelsea, Nicolo Barella from Inter, Benzema of Real Madrid, Bonucci and Chiellini of Juventus, De Bruyne of City, Ronaldo of Juventus, but now Manchester United, Ruben Diaz of Man City, Gianluigi Donnarumma of originally AC Milan, now PSG, uh, Bruno Fernandes at United, Phil Foden at City, Erling Haaland at Dortmund, uh, Jorginho Conte at Chelsea, Harry Kane, Tottenham, Simon Kier at AC Milan, Lewandowski, um, Romelu Lukaku, now at Chelsea from Inter, uh, Riyad Mahrez, Letaro Martinez, Kylian Mbappe, Lionel Messi, uh, now at PSG, Luka Modric, Gerard Moreno, Villarreal, um, Mason Mount, Neymar, Pedri, which is a, I think Pedri is a, a, not, not a, a sneaky, but I think the fact that he even got nominated is pretty good. Uh, Salah, mm-hmm. Sterling, and Luis Suarez. There, I think it is six, right. 12, 18, so 30. going it's off 30. those names, um, what would your top three be? Uh, let's start <laughs> I was with gonna, third. I was gonna ask you the exact same thing. Third, who uh, would you have third? I've got a little um thing that I made up, okay, okay, third. I oh, mate, I'm gonna put. It's going to be oh, top five would be ideal, but I'll go three. Oh, we can do top five if you want. No, 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 no. I'll go top three. Because they only really released the top three. So, like, yeah, top three awards. is the ones that gets noticed. Yeah. I've got three players. It's just what order they go. What in. order? Yeah. And it's kind of based off how, not how Ballon d'Ors are generally judged by trophies, it's more the individual part. Right. Um, so, third, I'm going to go Erling Haaland. Okay. Jesus. Erling Haaland. I mean, 41 goals, 13 assists. This is to date, by the way. So still another, yeah. what, two and a half months to go. Um, Did you so go this on who you would give it to, not who you think would win? Or No, it's not a prediction. It's who I think deserves to be top three. Oh, okay. I was more saying who do you think is going to top three? No, well, I, deserve, he deserves to be top three. I mean, 54 goals and assists. 
in ten mm, months, yeah. and he won the um, you know, the German League Cup, the DFB Pokal. The so. DFB Pokal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell you now he won't be, but that's all right. I know that's what I mean. That's why I'm putting him there. Yes. Yeah, yep. It's obviously paraded by how much silver were you win during the year, but uh, no. it's a combination. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, generally. That includes what what about would you, who would you put third? Who would you put third? Uh, third, I didn't do who necessarily I thought deserved to be third, but I did uh, my top three on who I think will finish in the top three. And third, I had uh, Lewandowski. And arguably, he could be, you know, he should be up there for the, the win um, with, you know, 50 goals, um, countless assists as well. He's won a few trophies. Um, not as he hasn't been as good as um, the last period, Ballendor period. Um, where he arguably, yeah. arguably would have won it, but um, yeah, I'd put him third in where I think he will finish. Um, should finish, I would say, in the top two, in my opinion, but yeah. um, I don't think he will. I think he'll finish third. All right, uh, second. Well, by saying who I think is second, we'll give away, I think, who you think who I put first. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not purely stats based, mm. but well, I think can't be. But yeah. the fact that this player, oh no, I'm talking about my first player in second, and I know he will probably be the favourite to win. Okay, Messi. Yep. Okay. Now I, he's obviously what 51 goals and assists. 37 of them being goals. He won the Copa America with Argentina, which I think, I know just because it's his first major trophy with with Argentina. Unless you count the Olympic gold medal, but yeah. Trophy. What? Well, yeah, same just, thing. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I, I don't want to sound too controversial, but I feel like because it was his first major trophy with them, that has blown it out of proportion compared to other Copper America winners that this one was the most important or the, the one that he was missing out on. And I know that, you know, when most people are going to say, oh, why should Messi win? You get, they're going to, that'll be like one of the top two reasons why, oh, he won the Copper America with Argentina. Other than that, like he's been outperformed with goals well, and assists by other players. Mm, so that's really all he has the- reason why he's got there. Who won the Ballon d'Or in 2016? 2016. I just put it like that. Yeah. Well, I'm not too flash on anything. Who was it? No. So it was Ronaldo. And who won the Euros for that year as well? Portugal. Yeah. So that, yeah, that I was. Don't ag- the, that I don't was... agree. I, I'm not saying that. Oh, like, right. oh he should have yeah. won it that year. I, yeah. Like obviously, but it was the same sort of thing. Been though, more, wasn't it? It's been more the last the last two or three seasons I've taken notice of mm. it. And especially yep. with like the Van Dyke one where, you know, he was like seven points away from winning it. I think the main reason why he was up there is because Liverpool won the Champions League Club World Cup. If that yep. hadn't have been, if they hadn't have won those, he probably wouldn't have been recognized as much. No. And I think, and as well, like I talk about this a lot. Um, there's a difference of being a player on a good team and being a good player on a team. And I think, mm, yeah, because I think I, Obviously, with attackers, it's a lot easier when you're the top scorer on that team that plays well, like yeah. Messi, Lewandowski. Defenders, it's a bit harder. 
defenders and midfielders, it's harder. And I think especially the year that Luka Modric won, you know, Real Madrid won everything. And then Croatia mm. made the final of the World Cup. I think it was 2018. Yep. Um, which again, yeah, it's a good it's a good thing, but I don't think he was the best player in the world, which is what this is. Um, yeah. I, I've gone a bit off but topic here, but it's I'll also leave it. Well, you're right, but it's not I think the FIFA's the best is supposed to be that in terms of what it says it is, in terms of it's <clears throat> on performance. But, but, but that again isn't well, it, it, that can, a, again is based off trophies. If trophies were individually won, they wouldn't be won as easily as other. No, no. Like, I, I know with I, I know one player you're going to put in there is Jorginho. I can tell he's going to be right next, number two, if he's not. Uh, question marks. But um, the reason he's going to be on there is my opinion. You know, yeah, I know. I know that's not your opinion. But if if it was up to you, would he be top two or three? No. And I agree with you. But I'm saying the Ballon d'Or is not the best oh, well, statistical I, obviously, player. On the obviously, that, it's like we're arguing for the same team, but we're yeah. against each other. Yeah. Oh, you could have said but, that. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so you've put Messi, and you've already said I've put Jorginho because I think he will finish second because he's won the Champions League, the Super Cup. Well, do um, do who who do you think should finish top three? Do that. Top three. Everybody. Yeah. Who would you put well, third? Who would I put third? Um. Because we've got to have some sort of debate because we're not arguing for the same thing here. No, but I did ask who do you think will finish and you, you've got something else written down. Um, yeah. So I just say, so I think who I think will finish, um, top three, I'd, I'd say Messi first, miles ahead, Jorginho, and then Lewandowski. Yeah, I'd have the same think... top three. I'd have the same top three, but I'd put Jorginho third, Lewandowski second. Right. I still think Messi deserves to win it. So, so what's, I put him what's, first. All right. So go based off that. Second, compare, compare, second, I would put Lewandowski. All right. So what splits them two from being different? And you said Messi was more. Messi's ahead. better player. He hasn't scored more goals. Probably hasn't scored more assists. But Messi is a better player. So in my opinion, you can't have to award that trophy to the better player. He's the best player on the planet. So he wins. But what if he backs hadn't won that anything, up? If that's just he, your opinion, then... What backs that opinion up? You can't he's just the say, best oh, he's the in the world. <laughs> yeah, but what backs that up? But he is. How? Would, you, have you watched him play? Yeah, but how, how can you prove that he's and the he's best won player things. in the world? And he's scored goals. He carried Barcelona. <laughs> Lewandowski is a great player, but he's also on a great team. Barcelona wasn't a great team. Um, but PSG now consider, is a great Consider team. the trophies they won. They only won the Copa del Rey, the league cup. Yeah. What did the only trophy that um, Bayern have won in the last year has been the They league. won the Bundesliga. They won the FIFA, the Club World Cup. But that was from the last season. That wasn't this year. Same thing. Anyway. Um, what I'm trying and then is the, the, the Super Cup um, and the DFB Pokal. Oh, the DFB, or what's it called? No, the DFL Super Cup. It's like the, the Community Super Shield Cup. thing. Oh, I, right. think. I don't count that because I wouldn't count it for an English club, but that's fine. Um, and he scored a lot of goals, but he's a striker as well, right? Messi's not a striker. That has to come into play. And I still think he's the best player. I think he's, he's better than Lewandowski. And I think Lewandowski would say that. Last year, he should have won it, Lewandowski, by a mile. 
but there was none, um, which was unfair. But this season, Messi's going to win it, and he should win it. Lewandowski, second, and well-deserved. Third, I wouldn't put Haaland. Um, I don't know who I'd put third. I wouldn't put Jorginho. I don't think he's up there, but he will be up there. Um, it's another, It's like a Modric sort of thing. You know why he's there? Because when I mean, when you look in terms of, he wouldn't be top. Two. I think the thing with the only yeah. thing that splits Modric from Jorginho, I think you look at Italy's midfield. Jorginho is not mm. the best midfielder in that team. You look at Chelsea's midfield; no. he's not their best midfielder. I think you'd have to be at least one of those two best midfielders to, you know, I, he's just been. I think I wouldn't say luck, but. He's been in fortunate enough to play for, you know, the champions of Europe and the champions, uh, the and Italy, obviously. Well, he's not a bad player. I, 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 I'm I not saying he's say bad. He's I'm class, not saying though. he's the best. So, no, but that's what I'm saying with Lewandowski. I, even though he's done this, I still don't think he's the best. And if Messi's up there, he has to win it because he's the Just better hope, player. Hope for God that they do it one year, especially off last year. He's so... Yeah, if it's uh, like that, he, he deserved to win it, season. I think, because Messi was so far off it. Um, but when Messi... Messi's on it and Lewandowski's on it, Messi I don't wins. think Messi's been as on it as people think. I don't know. What, compared to I his other season. I don't think Lewandowski has played as well in yeah, the last your, season your whole argument he did the season before, pick, though. Your whole, your whole argument is just based that your opinion is that he's the best. And you say, oh, yes, look how well, he plays. But what, what, what else backs that up? What backs Lewandowski winning it over him? They've won the same amount of trophies. He's got, no, he's, Lewandowski's won one more trophy and he's got Which is goals trophy. and assists compared to 51. They're very close. He hasn't close. won anything with Poland. He didn't make <laughs> it out of the group stage. Messi won six Ballon d'Ors without winning anything with Argentina. Yeah, but he made it to a World Cup final. He made it consistently to Cup America well, finals. Poland aren't as, that still counts. aren't as big as Argentina. That's obvious. I'm not saying that he's he's. Uh... But it all counts, Tom. So uh, anyway, oh, wait, oh we're all. Uh, I know you're a Messi super fan as well. And <laughs> knowing that in the back yet, you're obviously gonna hype him up. No, but last season Messi wouldn't have even been in the top three, in my opinion. I don't. No, I don't think he would have. Exactly, but I'm saying this year Messi is the best player, so he wins. Lewandowski I, I, second. I don't think he has. But the thing, the fact that he's like, I know we're not going to get an explanation to why he wins it if he does win it. It's not, it's not just pure statistics as well. Like that's that's fine. You can oh, look if at it. It was like done that. off statistics. But I'm not it, just looking at statistics. Well, but if you're looking at goals scored and assists and whatever, um, and what and the input of the what the impact on the team, I think Messi has a far greater impact on any team plays in Argentina. Barcelona, PSG, then Lewandowski. Lewandowski's up there and he's scoring, but all the little other contributions that Messi does around the ground, he's, it makes him a better player. Um, and I feel sad for Lewandowski, as I said, because he should have won it last year. And he probably won't get a chance to do it again because he's getting on. And he, I don't know, if, if Messi can, can perform in PSG and they win stuff, he'll be in it That's... again. If Ronaldo can perform it, United and they win stuff. <laughs> He'll be in contention. And then there's the young guns coming through, like Haaland, uh, Mbappe. Um, yeah, I, 
Third, though, I would not put Haaland. I'd probably put Kante. Um, if he had won France, he'd be up there as well. But he was phenomenal. I wouldn't even um, have Kante been, in my top phenomenal. five. Most fine. But what's he done other than that? He just won the Champions League. And that, oh, you're saying his influence the on Chelsea. Cup. The, He's the influence on the team, the the amount of time he's played, the possessions, the tackles. Look at the performance in the Champions League final. Well, that's how like he saying destroyed. No, just how he destroyed destroyed De Bruyne. He does he does that consistently, or did that consistently for the whole year. So that has to be into it. It's, that's like saying anyway. that's like saying okay, so he's won one trophy and he was good in the game where, or probably the best, or he won man of the match in that game. Um. But that's like saying um, you should have seen how the two Italian defenders smashed at the whole competition, like uh, Chiellini and Bonucci. It's like saying they're the most two influential players on the team and that they should win it. They won a trophy as well. Yeah, but they're not to the same quality as Kante. It's hard as well because they're in a different position. Exactly. But same, same principles. Uh, Donnarumma should be up there as well. Yeah, that is that fantastic season one, but... with Milan. Fantastic season with a fantastic campaign with Italy. Um, he's already done pretty well with um, PSG. Yeah. So, but would, we will never see eye to eye on this. I don't think. I think if we see goalkeeper win, it will be him. If we see defender win, it will be him. We'll never see. Um, but no we, we're going to get up to the stage where it's probably. Two, another two horse race between Haaland and Mbappe and there might be one, one or two other people that could win it um, once Messi and Ronaldo and Lewandowski to an extent drop off, which is already kind of happening. We've um, been... All right, let's 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 finish the debate. Let's just say, who do you, what are your predictions for the top three and who do you think you des- deserves top three, just to recap? Predictions um, in descending order Messi Jorginho Lewandowski and deserves is Messi Lewandowski and N'Golo Kante okay so my prediction is Messi Lewandowski Jorginho also keep in mind Chelsea are going to the Club World Cup at the end of the year so they could win another mm-hmm. trophy um yep. and my deserved I'm going Lewandowski Messi Haaland so we, we agree basically um, Lewandowski and Messi deserve first or second. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, there's not two other. I mean, who else will be up there? I mean, top 10, you could probably see De Bruyne, Ronaldo will be up there. Uh, Kaylani yeah. might be up there. Mbappe, obviously, Kante will be up there. I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Pedri makes an appearance at 10th just because uh, he had a very good I, season. Yeah, but the thing is, the way they give the award, he, he didn't win anything. Would he win? Yeah, but 10th is, is like... I don't even I don't think he'll be top 20. <laughs> anyway, we've still got one more bit of news, so we should probably get to that. Yep. Uh, so on Monday, France were crowned the 2021 Nations League champions, defeating Spain 2-1 um, with a controversial not given offside um, that saw killing Mbappe score. Huh? It's been justified, but it yeah, has. But I, I still think it's offside. The rule that it's um, fault. Fairly, fairly, it should have been stopped. But um, anyway, 
doesn't matter now. France won. Um, or France two, Spain one, I should say. Um, mm. It was an interesting match. Uh, Mbappe kind of with this goal got a bit of redemption from the Euros, missing that penalty that saw them bow out uh, to Switzerland. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, they're back on it, I'd say, and looking dangerous for the next for the upcoming World Cup at the end of next year. Yeah. Hundred percent, but yeah, um, the the big talking point was yeah the offside that you were talking about, um, and there's talks of it being, you know, the, the the offside rules interpretation is just shocking, like the talks of it being like that. But I honestly don't see it as that big of a deal because obviously it's it's happened in a in a final where you don't really want too much controversy to be surrounded by, but. It's it's the rule and it's how it's been for ages. If it comes off a defender, it's basically a dead ball. I mean, mm. it comes down to the defender's skill of being able to either yeah. keep control or get it clear of the attacker or have the awareness there as an attacker there. This is a crucial touch. I think it's not more the rules being wrong. And I think it's Mbappe was just right place at right time. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, but also they're not wrong when they say it's offside because looking at the line, it, it was offside. But the way that they explained it, it, it it's in the yeah, rules. It's fair. If Who was the defender? If he hadn't touched it, it was offside. Uh, couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't no, they weren't happy. Was. And you wouldn't be if you were a Frenchman. Yeah, well, yeah, understandably not happy. But at the same time, it's not like the rules were broken. And like in, in these, yeah. it's not like the rules were... Um, interpreted wrong. It was actually interpreted right, which is something. <laughs> another weird thing. Is that the rule, the rules were actually played right here, and people were still mad. But anyway, mm. I think I think it's fine. I think it's just the fact that it happened in a final where it was a decisive goal is just blown it out of proportion again. So this week, uh, this weekend, I should say, we're back in the Premier League. Uh, we've got nine games to talk about. One of them is or one of the 10 is on next Tuesday. So we'll talk about it next week. Um, so yeah, coming straight off the back of an international break uh, on Saturday, October 16, 10.30 p.m. Now because of uh, daylight savings stuffing up our times, I mm. think everything's an hour back now. Um, we have Watford and Liverpool at Vicarage Road. Uh, what did you have for that one? Uh, two goals to one to Liverpool. Yeah, I've gone the same with that one. Um, I think it's also a thing with um, in the South American World Cup qualifiers. A lot of them will be played mm. on Thursday, Friday, which means some Brazilian players uh, may miss out. That's you'll see some of that in in Liverpool, in Leeds. I know with Rafinha, but yeah, uh, across the board, uh, some Brazilians will miss out match week eight. Um, next up on Sunday, October seventeen at one a.m., we got five fixtures. Uh, first being Aston Villa and Wolves. What did you have for that one? I went for a 2-2 draw. I've gone with a 1-0 Wolves win. I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> they're definitely not going to miss out on Brazilian players because uh, they're all Portuguese. Mm. But um, <laughs> Next up, we have Leicester and Man United. Uh, the King Power. What do you have for this one? I have a 1-1 draw. Ooh. Uh, I, I mean, I think it'll be close, but I've gone uh, United 3-1. Uh, next up, we have uh, Man City and Burnley at 
the Eddie had. And what did you have here? Um, I went for a 3-1 to City. Okay, I've gone 4-0 City. Um, now, they're not the richest club in England. They have something to prove, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. And the uh, penultimate game on the Sunday morning, or the 1am games, uh, Norwich and Brighton. Uh, what did you have here? Um, At Carrow Road, I should say. I went for a 2-0 to Brighton. Ooh, I've done the same. Done the same. Yeah, Brighton, pretty impressive. And I think they've still got something to prove. Another thing I want to ask here is mm-hmm. now that we've seen a bit of Norwich, and now I, I think it was talked about a lot last time they're in the Premier League. Well, probably not talked about. Or maybe it was last season with another club. But anyway, um, do you reckon it's possible they could go a season without winning? Possible, unlikely, but possible. Yeah, but like the, the thing is, at the moment, I it. can't see them. Yeah, yeah, very I mean, easily, the, especially <clears throat> last year in the Prem. They they didn't win a, a, a big amount of games, but <laughs> they beat City twice, which I think mm. was funny. But look, if yeah. it happens, I think they're be bound disastrous. to get. I think they're bound to get at least one win. They at least one to. win. Yeah, so I the lowest total, a few draws, but you know, lowest total ever is Derby. Fall. And they got 11. I think the lowest is ever is 11. Unless it was... They could become the first... Um, single digit D-vincibles. Yes, <laughs> D-vincibles. If that's um, a thing. Um, yeah. Um, get a special on. wooden spoon trophy. Anyway. Yeah, they'd get one anyway, I think. Uh, next up is Southampton Leeds at St. Mary's. Uh, still in that 1 a.m. slot. What do you got there? Uh, 2 1 to Leeds. Yeah, I reckon Leeds as well. I'm on 3-2, your favourite scoreline. Um, sorry. Um, now on to the 3.30 a.m. game on the Sunday morning. We have Brentford and Chelsea at Brentford Community Stadium. And I know what you're going to put. <laughs> yeah, I've gone for Chelsea nil, Brentford 1. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not the worst prediction in the world, mainly because Brentford have been decent at home. But I think Chelsea should still win. Uh, I'm going to say 3 1. I reckon Brentford might still get a goal as they have lately. Um, and it will be either Mbomo or league. Ivan Tony. One of those Top two. Of the league. Yep. Next up, uh, Everton and West Ham. Uh, wow. Goodison Park on Monday, October 18, midnight. Uh, what do you have for blowing bubbles? Um, 4-1 to Everton. Uh, 4-1 to West Ham, sorry. Oh, God. I've actually gone uh, a 1-1 draw. (laughs) Not that I'd hope that, but... um, Anyway, the final game of the week will be a packed-out St. James's Park. uh, Many Saudi Arabian flags will be flown. And they'll, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Newcastle, Tottenham, 2.30 a.m. on the Monday morning. Uh, so about a week's time. What do you got? Will it be re- renamed um, Aramco Stadium by then? Or <laughs> It's not a bad shot. Um, I've <laughs> oh, not gone, by this weekend. But... No, I've gone with a 1-1 draw. I reckon 
I never really do this in the tipping, but I reckon Newcastle might might just have some newfound confidence with this takeover and just beat Tottenham. Steve's Br- one Steve Bruce's genius just comes out of nowhere. Yep, fair <laughs> yeah, 1-0 to Newcastle. But yeah, that's uh, that's all the tipping. That's pretty much it for the episode. I'm still... Well, there was no tipping over the weekend, so I'm still 68 to 52 ahead. Um, but yeah. Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. Make sure to follow us over on Twitter at 91 underscore pod for updates about us and the world of football. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at RP underscore shop. And you can follow myself at Thomas Hayes underscore. You can also find all of our contacts and references in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. See, ya. See you later.